you're right. I have no excuses. I was totally over the line. Over the line? You, you, you're, you're so far past the line that you can't even see the line. The line is a dot to you. <laughs> yes. Hello, and welcome to episode 57 of the Grass and Edie podcast. I'm not FM Easter, but I am joined by his co-host, FM Grasshopper of the MLS Save. Hi, say hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Um, <laughs> is, that, is that what we're doing now? Am I, am I now the co-host? Am I just the associate of, of Edie? I think so. I think that's what we're doing. Yeah. How you doing, mate? You all right? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Obviously, it is an episode of um, Grass and Gear. Yes, it's taken 57 <laughs> episodes for Dan to finally introduce the podcast, uh, which is good. And, uh, and did it well? I think you nailed it. It was only our 10th time, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, welcome to listeners. Obviously, I think this is the is this the first podcast of the FM22 cycle. I, can, I know we'd, yeah. we'd probably did a features one, didn't we, before, but that was before we knew anything yeah. about the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm glad to see Dynamic Youth Waiters made it in. Well, yeah, I can't wait to use that feature. <laughs> um, to sell the topic, yeah, well, you know, the G and G is always at the forefront of discussions. Um, we are celebrating today, episode fifty-seven, by playing the game Dot to Dot, which we haven't done that game before. Obviously, we we've exhausted quite a few basic games, but you probably can't get as basic as Dot to Dot. Um, so we'll move on to that game towards the end of the podcast. Um, before that, we are going to talk today about our favourite FM twenty-two role. Uh, play a role so far um, mm-hmm. you know why we've enjoyed it and how's it fit in our systems and stuff but before that I suppose the main point Dan is obviously just a drink opening so I'll, I'll let you go first well um, I have got an Amstel you want to show it so okay is, um, I, I got a crate of them for Christmas the leftover 4.1 premium Pilsner wonderful nice Okay, I'll turn my webcam on just so you can see what I'm drinking today. Oh. Um, so I've, I don't actually have a beer or a cider or anything. I've got some ice in a glass. I'm, don't say Tia Maria. Don't it's say not Tia Maria. Maria. No, it's um, it's an Argentine drink, Fernet and Coke. They say Fernet con Coca. Um, I had to look that up a second ago just to make sure I wasn't going to mispronounce it or or say it wrong. <laughs> uh, but it's Argentina's favourite cocktail drink. But bizarrely, that it's a mixture of Italian liquor and also coca-cola which isn't very argentine either um but they drink it uh, but in the bucket loads and it's very nice <laughs> and i actually got this because it's got medical qualities in it like myrrh you know what they gave baby jesus when he was born um which is like a, a tree resin and it's got loads of other stuff in it and it's, it is very good for your stomach and obviously i have stomach problems especially when i go to france so this is my <laughs> detox i'm gonna be drinking and Some sensational. That, that's what it looks like. Try not to spill it. It, looks, it, like it just looks a bit like it, it could be Tim and I could just be saying it, but uh, <laughs> it's not. Um, when you're ready, Dan, spark up. Okay. Dan, wonderful. Well, I'm going to do um, a double sparkish today because I've got the 150 milliliter cokes. So I've got two of them, just because 150 is not not the right ratio for me, really. So I need to. <laughs> Need to buff it up a little bit. Um, there you go. There's one, and I need to pour about probably 90 degree angle as close. Well, maybe 45 degree angle, because it it will end up looking like a bit like a Guinness if you go crazy. <laughs> and we don't want to do, do that. You never go crazy, Tony. Well, you know, you've seen me in first, so I've been quite well behaved, haven't I? You have. Um, so far, it's only like the second week. 
Um, have we podded since the wedding that we went to? We probably haven't, yeah, have we? we it. No, we haven't. Um, well, while well, Tony's pouring his drink, we, um, if you didn't see on our Twitter, um, me and Tony went up to Scotland to uh, the wedding of FM Pressure for the weekend in Thursday. Yeah. It was um, very enjoyable. We did some content, didn't we, at the at the at the, at the, yeah, at the summit did. of the uh, UK. We went to the um, John O'Groats signpost. Yeah. That was good. That's a good weekend away. Tony saved me from a burning fire. Yep. Um, so, uh, so Dan almost burnt his toast for second round in the um, <laughs> Premier Toaster, which was good. We we avoided that hazard, and um, we did we did a lot of Scottish football club tours as well, didn't we? We gave ourselves. Yeah. Um, a nice tour of Inverness, Caledonian Thistle, <laughs> just because it happened to be open. <laughs> Allegedly. We can't legally admit that we were in there. No, we didn't force the door or not. Of course we wouldn't <laughs> do that. Okay. Well, right, then, that's, our, that's our drinks done. We should move on to actually FM22 content and actually talk about the game. I don't know who wants to go first, really, or our favourite player role. I think you should go first because um, you gave me a spoiler of who you're going to do, and it obviously got a lot to talk about. Yeah. So, well, if we if we're thinking back to first, though, when we went to the wedding, you probably remember that mm-hmm. I was laying on the on the bed next to you with my laptop out for most of the day, or most of the Saturday, was it, or the Sunday? Um, fully clothed. Fully clothed, and we were playing um, FM, and I was doing an Australian side save. I was calling it. Um, don't even remember that. I do remember. You do because I was I was showing you some really sexy goals, and it, and the, predominantly the guy that was involved in most of these goals was a Trek artista, um, yeah. uh, Alessandro Diamanti. Used to play for um, West Ham, um, mm-hmm. who's made the move to Western United in Australia. So I, I was just kind of looking looking for clubs before our trip to Scotland, just for a little short save. Chose Australia because it's a nice small intimate league, and obviously I saw. And Diamante there is a attacking midfielder and thought, you know what, let's try to build a system around a Trek Artista. And uh, there's been a lot of grumbles about the, the number 10 role in a few years now, FFM. Yeah. To be fair, I've probably been one of them. Um, I do like a moan. But uh, what I would say, building this system around the one player, who's obviously 38, it just went swimmingly. It was really good. And I had really good fun with the Trek Artista role. So that's what I want to talk about today. Yeah. What do you like? What do you like about it? Um, the role with stuff. He gets on the ball is the first thing, and I wrote a post about this. Well, it's technically two posts on on the site now. But the, if we talk about the first one, which is you know penned by me, um, what I liked about the role is that they just get on the ball um, to the feet. They literally just like a magnet. They'll just they'll just roam around. And um, I did say in the post, is the is the player role good or is it the player? And what dictates more about the playmaking ability? Because is it is it the fact that Amante just has all the traits and all the attributes in you know the high attributes that you need for to do the trickery in the match engine, or is it the role? It's probably a bit of both. Is the answer to that? But you know, thirty eight years old, getting on the ball, he was pinging balls. He's got great vision, first touch passing, um, and he has lots of options in front of him as well. So it was the, that was the key thing of the post and the tactic. Um, I'm really trying to. That's, m- a, that's the thing with play, playmakers, though, isn't it? Like, you, they need players around them for them to uh, playmake for effectively. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, I am. Um, I looked at. I basically them. look because this is Trek Artis is like an Italian role. It's kind of mm. it's kind of synonymous with Italy and calcio. So um, I actually looked at a few 
previous tactics of like the late 90s and early 2000s and I kind of just fell on the Ancelotti system where you had like um, a really pacey smaller player that's kind of like your advanced forward or poacher then you've kind of got a big bit of a brute up, up top who's kind of can hold it up kind of like a target man but even in Italy they're not really just target men they're kind of still good on the ball um, and then behind them both you've got the Trek Artista who's kind of just uh, the marauding playmaker that'll go anywhere get on the ball take the free kicks the penalties everything um, so in Italian I think going back the advanced the advanced player is kind of called a prima punta I don't know if I'm pronouncing that wrong in Italian <laughs> uh, which is basically I think first striker and then you've got seconder, secunda punta uh, which is kind of your deep lying forward and I think you can use target man or target forward I should say now and then behind them the fan- Fantasia is kind of like you know the Trek Artista um, so they were the front three it just happened to look like Ancelotti's system after after it because everything you know deeper is kind of very basic it's a flat back four and then you've just got a very functioning midfield um, I use ball winning defender centrally got a Mazzara on the right again another Italian role chuck that in uh, and then the central midfield support as well so you've got kind of like a, a flat three but it, it, all, it does become a diamond the whole shape of this four what is known as a four three one two so you've got kind of like the Trek Artista is like the the tip of that diamond. You've got the ball winning midfielder on defence at the bottom of that diamond. And you've got Mez and centre midfielder support on either side. And it was really nice because you could visibly see the diamond. Um, the Trek Artista is linking up with all three people b- below him. But he's got he's got the two forwards to, to, to aim for as well and create for, which is really good. And I think, I was talking to FM Pressure about this, Trek Artista probably is an underrated role. Not many people use it. Mm. And I don't know why. I think, like you said, it's that um, no, number ten's got to be a bashing every year on FM for not being effect- very effective, or which, like, uh, was a bit debatable. I mean, like we when we've done our tactical post, we've seen a uh, t- tactical pods, we've seen a few tactics come through with like playmakers in that aren't really set up for a playmaker. So it's probably a bit of both. I mean. There was a period when I, I, I really enjoyed playing with a number 10. And um, I do agree with some people in the game, sort of, went by the number 10, effectively. Yeah. But I do I do think it's definitely a good um, portion of roles you can have there. And the, the track is a good one, you know. And like obviously, like you say, it's about building the tactic around them. And if you get the ones with the right attributes and player traits, like you said, it works well. Yeah, and when you when you show me some of the goals and moves, they were brilliant. Yeah, so the tactic was really basic, um, but I think the player roles and the rounding that's what gets the best mm. out of that number ten. Mm. Uh, I did distribute to the deep line forward from the goal kick, so he kind of was like holding up the ball. Very, very that was very much like a target forward, but it was often getting laid mm. off back to the Trek Artista. Um, and like I said right at the start, they always want the ball. You can you can actually like visibly see in the match engine that they'll they'll be shuttling around all the time to, to drop deep. He's playing on obviously number ten, but you know he he's not afraid to drop quite deep actually into that into that midfield like by the halfway line to get on the ball. Um, yeah. What I would say about the role, so the Trek Artista is so versatile because you can use it. Well, you can use it in the in the two striker roles, and you can use it out wide as well, and you can use it centrally. 
um, which is another reason why I'm quite surprised not many people use it that I feel anyway. But yeah. I've tried to use it as a striker in my in the MLS save with with Chris Eady, FM Eadster, um, just because I've just recently signed Nani. So Nani's up front mm. with a Trecotista, as a, as a Trecotista with an advance, no, with a poacher next to him. And I'm not getting the same level of joy and highlights out of it. And it could be one, the player, but it also could be the fact that he's one of two up front as opposed to one of three. Um, so I think perhaps that it just works better perhaps when it's a number 10 and he's got two people ahead of him and obviously got Nazala running beyond and then four backs and stuff like that. So there's a lot more options and perhaps that's maybe the crux of it. They've got to have lots of options and and perhaps as well, only think about having one playmaker in, in the side because obviously you see teams, you see FM has set up a, a tactic and you've got kind of two playmakers next to one another and what you'll find there is you'll just get basically balls back and forth, I'd imagine. Um, yeah. And you're not really, you're probably wasting a role. You could actually have a runner there or you could have someone that allows the playmaker to be the runner. Um, if yeah. you've just got two there, they're just going to be p- pass heavy as a team. Well, yeah, I think you're right there. And I think um, maybe you say like people, you don't see people use it as much. Maybe it's because in real life football, their number 10 role is died off a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, true, very so true. So maybe there's like people like recreating um, real life tactics or being close to real life tactics. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's one of the reasons why as well. You know, the, the role itself is probably, maybe, maybe on mainland Europe in here, but like, Maybe in South America and places like that, it's still is there. I mean, I can't say I've massively kept up with them. The games down there and the player roles in that, but um, it was much for for me. It was much more of a Latin sort of role. Yeah, there wasn't like you know even the players that came to the um, Premier League that played that role were almost sort of like foreign player players. We never really had an English one. You know what I mean? No. And well, if you look at Diamante himself, he's thirty eight, thirty nine. I suppose yeah. he's like the last generation of those players that did come into yeah. the league that were kind of traditional playmakers. At West Ham, he was just kind of like the, the classic number 10, but that's yeah. probably why it yeah. wasn't successful, uh, really, yeah. long term. Um, yeah, I think it's um, definitely a role that's sort of going through a phase of dying out, but, but like a lot of roles, it'll probably come back at some point. Yeah. What I would say as well, actually, uh, this was like part one of two posts, really, and I never intended it to be two posts, but I, I just penned this post as a kind of tactical look at the Trek Artista and my thoughts about using it and the system um, and then I got a DM from um, Chris um, FM Alltimer to say about it'd be really good to look at the Trek Artista to see how it actually functioned from a t- statistical viewpoint as well obviously with FM 22 yeah. got a lot of more visualizations and stuff from the date hub and stuff and to be fair I never once I don't think I used the date hub once on this side save with you on a bed um, no. and and I think uh, I think I shared that with Seth and Stag. I think he might have been a bit shocked the fact that I've written a tactical post and not really looked at the data hub. But if you think about it, we've we've been playing around FM and building tactics for what twenty odd years. We've never had a data hub before, and it's always gone well. No. So whilst I don't think you need to to, to study the, the data, I did send over the save file to to Chris uh, FM Altair and said, okay, you know, have a have have a play around, have a look and see if my eye and my reasonings were kind of evidenced in, in, in terms of the statistics and the output I was getting from yeah. the Trek Artista. And um, yeah, it does actually correlate with what I was writing about, really. Um, Chris did a really good, really good post on kind of a data analysis piece about the Trek Artista and use my save and draw out 
visualizations, chances created, looked at well about, you know, um, where is he creating so, um, and, and actually his performance. And he, obviously the Trek Artis is losing a lot of the ball, but he's kind of doing that in a way because he's, he's trying the risky passes and stuff. Um, yeah. And you look at it, you just, and FM Stag actually helped him out a little bit and produced an infographic. It was really nice to see. You kind of see the Diamante as a role. He, he was, um, what is he? He's equal fourth of all non-strikers in terms of goals in the league. Yeah. Uh, second in the t- in terms of assists. Second in terms of key passes. Second in terms of miles covered. And again, that's what I'm saying about he dropping deep and get on the ball. Um, yeah. He was the equal oldest player outfield as well. So to get all of that um, out of the, one of the oldest players of the league, outstanding really. Um, so yeah, I you just said, I just thought it was really good, a really good approach to that post. Yeah, it sounds really good. I haven't read it yet myself, <laughs> but I will do. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you said you said that um, you, from not having a data hub, you always sort of like use your eyes basically, and the information that he gathered from it basically agreed with what you were seeing. Did that make you less likely to want to use the data hub or more likely? Yeah, true. So I actually had to use. So I'm trying to answer that question. It, it, I would say it doesn't make me want to use the data hub because I'm kind of happy with how it was going. Yeah. But what I would say in my subsequent save in America with Inter Miami, mm-hmm. uh, I did actually feel the need to go into the data hub because things weren't going quite right. So perhaps... So da- you, you use it more for times when it's going wrong rather than you're being successful? I would say so, yeah. So what I, what I was looking at in the data hub in terms of my Miami save was why is my players not scored like why is he going so rubbish are we getting enough shots and stuff so there's visualizations there to look at your team are you very passive in terms of a shooting stance which i found quite good and we were able to just um just be a bit more um, adventurous really we i think from all this we changed to a 442 went positive pass into space we're not no longer working in the, into the box so we, we're kind of less patient i'd say and take more shots um and also as well, from a defensive point of view, it's quite handy as well. Like you can see where you're trying to intercept and win the ball. Are you winning the ball back too deep? Is that a problem, or are you, are you, um, you know, making too many fouls? You, you know, you can just basically visualise wh- where your engagement is. But I guess in terms of a uh, lines, basically. Well, I found this with one of my early seasons in Lamia. Um, I noticed that um, we were watching the game. We were creating a lot of chances. But we weren't really taking them. So I looked in the data hub and um, it basically pointed out that we were getting a lot of crosses in but we, and we were making headers or missing headers. But when we actually made the headers, we were actually missing them. Yeah. So we, I looked at my two strikers and the, it, most of my crosses came from the right and the, they were going to the, the left-hand striker. But his heading and his jumping reach were worse than the one on the right. So I, I swapped the strikers round. That's the only change I made to the tactic that season was change the two strikers round. And it went from the one on the left scoring, I think it was nine goals the previous season, to when the, his partner went there, he scored something like 24 goals in that season. Yeah. Just be, just because the data had pointed out the fact that you, I'm getting a lot of crosses in, I'm creating chances, but I'm not putting them away. And is, um, is that a reason why you swapped the strikers and yeah, not, and, and not the why. wingers because you saw that the chances were being created. Yeah, yeah. So if it was the other way, for instance, in the data hub, if you were saying you weren't getting crosses in, 
would you have been inclined to leave the strikers and change change the wingers maybe? Yeah, or change uh, maybe change the roles of the players behind to get the ball in there. Yeah, but it, the the tactic was clearly creating opportunities for me. But it was more of a point of my striker went bringing it away. Yeah, and um, when I went through it, like we had like one of the highest amount of headers in the league, but the lowest amount of like um, shots on target from headers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or stuff like that. And it was just that one bit of data, and I just just comparing my two st- main strikers. And the one that wasn't really getting the chances was much better in the air. Yeah. So I, I swapped them, and that that made a massive difference. I think that's going to be the thing of the date, Hub, if I'm honest. I think a lot of people, you know, as any FMers, they get quite excited and they're sharing their visualisation screens and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if things are going well, you literally just hammer continue and you go on to the next game. and There's no need to yeah. go and look at the visualisations every time. And that's what I was yeah. finding with you in Scotland. Obviously, I was showing you the goals and we're just like, let's get, let's see how much of this season we can do before we have to, to break away and go home. Obviously, I could have stayed in first yeah. all my life, but I had to go home. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Data Hub, for instance, is just, it's just always a nice to have. I think it's actually a good feature, if I'm honest. Because I think it's a good feature. I think it's probably underused. But like you say... You're you're not more inclined to use it when you're going through a bad spell. Yeah. Um. And after a few years in the game, which tends to happen with a lot of people, you get dominance in leagues, and you probably won't touch it then because you don't need to because you're just winning games all the time. Yeah. No. Completely agree. Maybe when you go into continental football, when you like against bigger teams, you might want to have another look. But it's probably more for. It's funny really because I I haven't played low enough to know, but I'd wonder. I don't think you do, but the lower you are, if you haven't got enough analysis, you probably don't get the same amount of data back. Yeah, so, I'm not. I'm not quite you, sure about that. I, I know the the the, the text the textual information you get is different. Yeah. On the side. So I mean, I wonder if like when you're lower down the leagues, you would probably use it more as you're progressing through the leagues. Yeah. To sort of like you know, you're always going to have that year or two in the middle. For, like you know, I know a lot of people go bang, 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 go up, but there are people that stop a year and like struggle to go up or what, the first time or whatever that would use it just to have a look and see where you can get that little one percent change. Yeah, that can make a difference. And year on year, you're probably changing tactic anyway because you're facing different challenges. Yeah, different players in that, and you would get a bit of feedback from that. But once you get to the top division and you're winning in that, I question whether you use it much outside of people. The, um, want to use the data because the big, biggest thing for me is it's not really comparable to all. It's not like you can be like oh when like on the graph. It's, let's just say for a Premier League, I, I did a um, beat save with um, United, and um, it says something like um, Harry Maguire had a lot of headers and that, but there was another centre half. I think it might have been that Diop at West Ham who was like far ahead the best, and I couldn't click on him on the, the graph you can't actually click on the player on the graph so then I went to find the player but then you, I can't actually find any that data on his player profile yeah so it's just like I think an evolution of it would be to make it obviously it's going to be a bit of a um, hog with the data of the game but maybe if it's just in your league that you're looking at you actually get a bit more data from it so you can click on any player that's played over a certain amount of games or you're, that you're even if it's just a player that is showing on the graph. Yeah. Just so you can... So, like, the point where I was saying about my striker, when he impro- when my, I switched him and he, he scored loads, maybe there was another striker in my league that was outperforming him. 
that I could then click on and look at his stats for the season and maybe that would bring a transfer target rather than going through scouting which is the way football's evolving to they, they do go a lot more on like analysis and data and statistics now well yeah you just, so got, that, you just got to look on Twitter you, you see even just between leagues as well you get players compared to one another like across like yeah. France and England and Germany yeah. kind of thing um, but the, I think for the game itself the, like the data hub it would be better if they're going to rec- say rival players who are performing on the grass it would be a lot better if we could click on it and um, actually yeah. view, view that data an interactive well data hub maybe yeah all the leagues all the data well, I don't necessarily say all the leagues because I, I do think that would be like a you'd, you'd, you'd get a few outliers wouldn't you there'd be some South Korean striker yeah. that's actually banging them in but um, then if, if it was just like you could ask for select leagues to look at yeah. and stuff like that. I know you can request information, but it's very limited. Yeah. But, but yeah, that was a good um, tandem there, Tony. No, sorry. Yeah, obviously, I knew I wanted to talk about the data hub because of the Trek Artista and the Trek Artista post FML Timer did, and it was a good it was a good example of you don't need to use the data hub, but also yeah. if things are going wrong, you might want to go in there and, and have a little nose around. I know FM Stag did a really good okay. piece as well on the byline about using using it in terms of an offensive sense and also a defensive sense as well, two different posts, you know. Yeah. And it's, that's exactly the reason as well when things are going, aren't going going well. When, when it's going well, just, just hammer spacebar, carry on, as you were. But it's not always, if, if, you're not down, if you're just building your own tactic, especially, and not downloading yeah. them, I think you, you're going to want to use it. It's not always going to go well for you. So, yeah, that, no, that's no, my no, role, no. Trek Artista. Brilliant. Over to you then. Surprise me. Well, I was, I was stuck between two. And I went for the one that I think people would use less than the other one. So um, I've gone for the um, ball-winning midfielder. Okay. On well, what role does it matter? Does it, it, it vary? Ball-winning midfielder, centre midfielder on defend. Okay. And it, it, I only bought it in after about three or four seasons at Amia. And it... Uh, with a few player instructions added, it has changed my midfield. And it's funny because his rating is never that good. Yeah. He always seems to get between 6.4 and 6.8. But when you're actually watching the game, he's breaking play up, he's everywhere. Did you find, you know, like, yeah, obviously I used that one in Australia as well. In the in the centre midfield line, obviously I used a ball in the midfield on defend. Did you find as well yeah. he's he, he actually drops quite deep to link up with centre backs? Yeah, yeah, he does. And I've noticed. I mean, I didn't, I haven't, didn't use it last year or the year before. But I do notice that he's is actually, from what I remember years ago, is his intelligence has improved. Yeah, they used to be a bit um, <laughs> nuclear, didn't they? A nuclear option. They used to yeah. run around a bit. <laughs> yeah, but now it seems to be like when my right wing back pushes on, he doesn't. He's not as aggressive, and he will sort of like sit in that spot to cover him. Yeah. You know, when when we're attacking, but as soon as we we lose the ball, he then goes like sort of, sort of switched on and goes in like hunts down the ball. So, so but he's not like he's not over the top. Like if he's in the area right back, he then go running forty yards, which I remember him used to do. Yeah, and get the left winger. He doesn't do that. It's a lot more control. I mean, I've got him like on um, basically pressing and um, hard tackling, and. It, I really noticed that he like really changed the way my midfield works. As I as I've got better in the team, obviously I'm I'm two seasons ahead of my ball players now. Yeah, I was going to ask you what, what's your lineup then. So does he sit? He's got a back he four behind on, him. 
Yeah, you've got Batmore behind him with a boxer box midfielder next to him. Right, okay. So, um, where the box, mid- box midfielder sort of pushes forward and comes back with him as well. So they sort of work in tandem. And then they've got two two wing two guys up wide and two up front, so it's basically a four four two. Yep. So um but yeah, it's just what what watching the game doesn't reflect well when it's ta- in it um average rating. So obviously when you're watching the average uh, average rating there's obviously certain markers that increase it in that like goals in as it but actually watching what he's doing off the ball, moving around in that. I I, I felt like what by watching the games he has massively improved the way we transition the ball as we got stronger as a team. Yeah. I we're know. obviously having more possession and when we're we're losing it, he's helping us win the ball back quicker. Helping us keep on the front foot. Covering when my um players push on. Is is it really working really well. I did notice when I had it on support it didn't work as well. But just being on defence it, it's lovely. So yeah, so going back to player ratings, it's probably it's probably a case of if you imagine the Real Madrid team with Claude McAuley in it. I guess McAuley was never get, yeah. getting the plaudits, but I suppose he was the kind of crux for it all working well, really, in front of him. Mm. So it's probably like yeah. that, isn't it? Really, in FM, yeah. you're right. It does tailor anything goal and assists. You massively get yeah, you, yeah, someone no. can have a, a really bad game but score a penalty, and I'll end up with a seven yeah. points. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's it. And then, like like you say with the data thing earlier. From what your eye was telling you, from what my eye was telling me, is he's playing well. Yeah, you know, like, and like, I'm when you're seeing him break up plays and stuff like that, and then give the ball to the player that wide, and then go back into his spot. It's just what I want. Yeah, and does the player you chose, does he have any traits that you feel is he perfect for the role? Would you say, or do you think? No, he's not. He is. He is actually a retrained attacking midfielder. Lovely. Okay, so tell me more about him then. Um, well, he came through my youth because obviously I've got got no money still. <laughs> but he came through my youth and he was meant to be an attacking midfielder. But I, sp- I spotted some of his, ra- his attributes. He had like good position and average tackling. So he retrained him. Yeah. And honestly, like it's it's for, thing is for attacking mid- midfielder, his passing was terrible. You know, so I, I didn't really ever fit what I wanted for there. So I put I I, I retrained him. He's twenty three now, I think. And um, he just he just fits the role perfectly, you know. Um, plays simple passing and um, with, with his trait, plays a simple passing game. That's that's um, ideal for the role, isn't it? Really laying it off. That's what you want from yeah, him. Yeah, that's all I want him to do. Because he isn't. This is the thing. He's not the best player. Yeah. But he's the best player I can make for that role. And um, that's one of the things with like you know, I'm in the point. You know, even I'm, I think I'm in season seven now. I'm still not in a position where I just go out and buy players. I can I I try my best to get a few frees on loan uh, or loans and that, but I I, I got one guy on loan and he just didn't didn't seem to uh, do what I wanted him to do as well as the one that I've been basically moulding for three or four seasons. Well, if you think about it, you've kind of if he wasn't good enough for attacking for anyway, you would have lost him. Yeah, you've made maybe. you've made use of him. So yeah, yeah, and and the funny thing is because of the average ratings, his value barely increased. So he doesn't get in- so no interested. Yeah, <laughs> so he's going to be <laughs> there for really life. Wants him because he because it, the game still sees him as attacking midfielder. Yeah, and like even even now, a few seasons on, it still comes up with like, oh, you should probably play him in a, a more suitable role. Well, actually, no, 
No, you're right. He's working where he is. <laughs> yeah, has he become fully natural now in the in the same position? No, he's still. I think he. Like, I haven't played it for a few days because this time kid's been ill. But um, I think even last time he was it was only orange. Right. Um, but I I don't ever pay attention to that. No. It's, um, it's like um like I was chatting to a friend at work work colleague who started playing it and um on the switch and I was just giving him a few tips. Oh God, help him! And you. I've got to help him. You know, he's only <laughs> won the league first season last game, but you know, got to help him. Oh, really? Okay. But um, he, we, were, we were like looking at it, and I said, Oh, you should put that player on left wing. You go, Yeah, but he, he's not a left winger. Like, it doesn't matter. His yeah. attributes fit the role. It doesn't matter if he's a right back, le- left back, whatever. And I mentioned, like, years ago, Cleon did a post about making a left back a target man, a striker, and scoring goals. Yeah. Because his attributes fit. You can, you can make players fit into attack. Tapped it just by a bit of retweeting. It's it's funny. Last night, actually, on the MLS stream with Edie, I don't know, I don't know if you, if you are watching that at all, but um, Edie went down. To, he, he was losing two near two nil, and he was down to ten men, and he had nothing to lose really, and he just basically decided to go for a flat back three and have wing backs and no advanced wingers. And I said to him, "Why don't you put Aspria, who's his kind of right winger, who got really mm. forward, just just make him a complete wing, wing back on attack." And yeah. you looked in the, on the highlights because we we play quite slow, well, extended highlights. Um, mm. Straight away, you could see that player was occupying exactly the same space as he was a winger. He just yeah. happened to be a wing back on the tactics yeah. screen, uh, and he was making pretty much like for like movements and crosses and stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. Edie's, Edie's got me in the next game, so he might not use that. But I actually think mm. he, he should carry on with that player in that role. And we, we better make sure we advertise that at the end of the podcast. Oh, yeah, we'll be plugging that massively. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's the exact example. Like, he, yeah, he, didn't check sure his, he didn't check his positions. He just kind of went with it because, yeah. you know, quite right, he's the same, same blade of grass he's covering. That's it. It's like we, I said, I had two roles. The other one was complete wing back. But I think a lot of people use that these days. Yeah, it's, it's a bit hacking now, Dan, isn't it? I don't know if you should, should admit yeah, to that. But it's, it's, it's great to watch. Yeah, it's, it's they're just wingers, really, aren't they? It's amazing. Yeah, especially if you can create the tactic to give them space to do what they need to do. Yeah. Um, what, that could be another whole podcast, Dan, on wingers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is there anything else you want to say on the ball when we feel defend? Or? No, let's just get on with this game you created. Yeah, well, I shouldn't say just me created it. So this was... Um, Dot to dot, it's an, it's an old old style game. I don't know who invented dot to dot, so I can't credit them. But on, on FM Slack, where ideas go to die, um, Tommy Boys FM 007, uh, he just mentioned. Well, he, I think he encountered the bug uh, from his analytics screen on FM. He wanted to show the the pass map leading to a goal. Uh, you know when you say um, was it view key events? Is it or you know where you just get the nice lines between passes and you can see a lovely move graphically on a two D yeah. screen. Uh, his his goal, for instance, I think it was over twenty passes. So there's a bug in FM, I believe, that means <laughs> means that pass map doesn't come up. It's only if you have like under eighteen or nineteen passes that it will actually show. So his goal was actually too too saucy to to show. But I did say right from that, I think that's GNG. That's a GNG game there. <laughs> really, you could give us the blank sheet and we could try to do a dot to dot on on a podcast. Why would <laughs> why wouldn't we? <laughs> Why not, mate? <laughs> um, and FM Stag um, kindly offered to help us out with that. So he's produced two two graphics where he's got goals of excess of 18 passes, I think. Um, they don't have any lines in them. We've got to draw the dot-to-dot. 
Um, wow. And actually, we, we're going to be scored on three things. Actually, so we need to we need to circle who we think started the move. We, yeah. we need to circle who we think played the final ball for the assist, and also the lines yeah. entirety. And once we've done that on air, after each doing each graphic, we'll we'll compare one another's, and okay. we'll just make a, a call on on air who got who's got you know the, the the closest match and who gets to Friday follow next Friday. Yeah. Um, no, I should say players, people listening can play at home. What we'll do is we'll put up the the screenshot of it blank when the pod goes out as well. So if you happen to be listening and you happen to be sad enough to have a pen and paper at hand and you you, ha- you happily want to play dot to dot, feel free to join in. Um, you can, well, I suppose we should really take a photo of our attempts as well. You can see if, you can, if you're comparable to us or even better. Um, so Dan, you need to get the, the first one open. Goal number one, 19 pass move. So I got a circle who I think started the move. Yep. And who did who did the assist? Yep. So the, the thing we can see, I should say, is we can see the goal scorer. So that's one thing Stag's left in. We've got a green line on our first on our first goal, number eight scoring. Um this is a really interesting goal just from the off looking at it. Because you've got a huge gap between yeah, whoever made that final pass. I <laughs> <laughs> um I, I thought it was gonna, I think it's gonna be one of two ways, so I've gone for the more out there, way. Okay, have you started drawing? Because I need to start drawing then. Yeah, I started. Drawing. Okay, so I'm going to circle who I think started the move. Um, mm. This might not be very entertaining if any of your listeners aren't actually playing along <laughs> and just listen to us <laughs> ramble about numbers they can't see. Uh, but on the pass move, there is a goalkeeper involved, so I'm always going to start from the goalkeeper. So this is going to be interesting. So I'm going to draw a circle of the goalkeeper, and I'm going to draw the passing move yeah. now. You you think the goalkeeper started it, do you? I believe so. I didn't. You don't? No. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong. I mean, this could go horribly wrong because if you make one error and you go to the wrong side of the pitch forevermore, <laughs> when you draw the lines, they're all going to be off kill, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's, a, that's the thing, though, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, mine's going funky now. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, okay. Oh, I think I've really failed this one. Okay. This is a throwback to a really old school GNC, isn't it? Where we just do a really, really shocking game. <laughs> well, I'm trying my best. So, you ready to share? I am going. I um, put the arrows in, so I've found what I was waiting for you. Oh, that's good of you. So, I've, not, I've not made it that technical. <laughs> so you want me to share my screen with you? Um, you can do that if you're sophisticated. I'll, what I'll do is I'll just jazz mine to you. But yeah, feel free to share your screen and we can compare. Oh, I can do that as well, I guess. Um, oh, yeah. Put it, put it in the chat, actually, because that comes out automatically. Okay. Um, I don't know if I got that. I don't think I got a setup on my new one. It's fine. I um I know what to do. No, I didn't want to do that. Dan's got a plan. <laughs> right, um right, here we go. So oh, okay. Where I've done it in snag it, I can save it, can't I? So Okay, desktop. you're just showing off now, but yep. Yeah. 
and then I can just upload it to there. So in the in the final ball, I've actually drawn a curved line because I think it's a nice little curved curved pass. But you know, straight lines are acceptable. Did mine show up? Uh, not yet. Oh, here he is. Oh, we're quite similar, I think. I've we we've gone the right direction, both of us. So you got the answer, have you? I have. I'm going to put the answer into the chat now as well. So we will. So we both gone from the wrong side of the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's post the um, the goal. So the goal's going to come into the chat now. So we will post this as well after the podcast has gone out, but maybe a few hours later or something, <laughs> or maybe a few days, or maybe not at all. Who knows? Um, so this is the goal. So, believe it or not, Dan, we've both got the person. Oh no, I haven't. You've made the right assister. Yeah. So you get one point. Who um, started the play? Started the play. So uh, who did start the play? How can we find that out? Hang on. Oh, here we go. They're numbered. Of course, Stag bless him. is lovely, isn't it? He's numbered them for us as well. So it's number 26. Oh, yeah. He circled it there. I went far off. So who did you have? I had number 11 on the right-hand side opposite to the... Oh, yeah. You're you're definitely closer to me because it wasn't the goalkeeper. So the move, yeah. the move starts like ha so the move halfway is line. It's very similar to what I've got. Won the ball on the halfway line, gone back to the keeper, switched the play, and then put a long ball over the top. I just got the wrong player starting it. Yeah, but... Okay, I'm good at this. I, well, don't big yourself up too much, Dan, because you did miss a massive pass back from number nine to the number one, which is... All right, but it's not bad. It's not... I mean... You were started 30, 40 yards behind the play. Mine started 40 yards behind the play. Yeah, I do think you've probably won the point for this one. Yes! Um, not going to lie. Right, so you want the next one now? Yes. Right, let me get that one out. I don't want to lose a Friday follow. I've not, I've not thought about if I win this and there's a tie break. But anyway, right, okay, so if you open you up... there's going to be a tie break? Are you that confident? <laughs> um, okay, so you ready to begin your second one? Yeah, I'm, I'm uploading it now. I've done it already, have you? Yeah, I was doing it while you were chatting. Oh, bloody hell. Okay, I won't look then while you're doing that, so I'm going to quickly do mine. So this is scored by a predatory number nine looking. So it's going to be a cross, I think, from either. Yeah, it's a cross. So I'm going to do. That guy made the assist. He's going to cross it in. Um, Right, and I would say, to me, this starts off as a free kick from the number five. And it does this. It does that, it does this, it does that, it does that, that, that. Oh, switch, <laughs> switch it there. <laughs> switch it there, switch it there. Okay, right. I promise you, it's much more exciting than it sounds, guys. <laughs> it's actually got a good game. Trying to work out the passing map. Yeah. I mean, I wish this was my day job. This would be amazing to do. Um, Imagine if this is good viral. Yeah, FM dot to dot. This, yeah, <laughs> and we can have a dynamic dot rating. I will uh, say this one. We're quite similar. We are similar again. Um, it's not not very far. So we've it? both got the same one that started to move. We both got the same assister. So so. 
and the move is generally the same. Yeah. Centre back, like you know, we've probably got a few different arrows in places, but it's centre back to the middle to left back, out to a right wing to left wing and cross it. Yeah. Wait until you find out that it's nothing like that. It's a nice guy actually. It's a nice cross, isn't it? It's it's mm. aesthetically right, pleasing on the eye. Okay. Right. So. Are you ready, Dan? Yes. It's exciting. We've only got two. I wish we had like a, another twenty to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, doc, 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 second. <laughs> uh, to be fair, we. Had, uh... Okay, so we got the we got the graphic now. So we we got the wrong player starting the move. It starts off. It's probably a free kick, isn't it? Would you say? Yeah, slightly slightly more forward than we thought, but it's it, not a lot of difference. We definitely got the crosser right. Yeah, we've got the assister right. We've got the similar sort of thing, you know, like going up the left back and then working his way back over the right wing. I think we'd have to call that one a draw, Tony. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, is there any way I can justify getting a point off you? No. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. We are very alike. <laughs> like the podcast itself, Dan. Um, yeah, I'd probably say it's a pretty draw. I do begrudgingly admit that you've probably won the Friday follow. Yes, three new followers. Three new followers coming your way next Friday, hopefully. Yes. From your own account. <laughs> Podcast account, I mean. Okay. That was fun. Did you enjoy it? I thought that was a good game. So f- thank, thank you for the for the haphazard idea from Tommy's boy, 007. Yeah. Thank you for Stag for all his help in getting this game off the road. I do hope it starts now a movement of FMers, um looking at their past maps. Um, finding the goals that don't have any any lines, and then either sending them over to us to draw them in our spare time, or do it yourself. Yeah, definitely. Or find a friend and do it do it do it with them as well in a call. Friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we are pretty much nearing the end of the pod. Yeah, you'll be pleased to know. Um, I just thought. So is let, it, let's talk about Tuesday night first. Yeah, Tuesday is big. Um, I should I should update really because we've not we've not spoken about this save I don't think have we at all on the podcast. No. Um, I am uh, a major league soccer manager for Inter Miami, but this year when UFM I'm doing it as a network save approach only for two seasons. It's not it's not the complete whole year of doing it, um, but for two seasons I'm with Chris Eady, um, FM Easter, and he's Portland Timbers. So we're two MLS teams. I'm Eastern Conference and he's the Western Conference. Now it. Normally, you, you can easily not play one another. You can, you know, the way the MLS system works is that you don't normally play the teams in the other conference. Other than a few select fixtures, it just so happens that Portland invite into Miami towards the tail end of season one. So on Tuesday night, we'll be streaming a four match mode between Chris and I. Um, and we're both doing quite well, really, in MLS. And I, I need to shout out obviously Chris's. Um, MLS Open Cup win, which is a, the domestic competition, <laughs> think FA Cup, which, which he won. Um, I've taken a bit of flack for not recognising that because it is known as the MLS save. And in the graphics and the tweets I do, I don't acknowledge anything that's not MLS. Um, <laughs> and that's just the way it is. You just accept that. But um, the save itself is going really well. Uh, I had a bit of a bad start. Obviously, I mentioned the data hub and how that helped me earlier on. Um, and we've just gone straight 4-4-2. Flat four four two, and we've turned the results around, uh, which is good. So Chris is kind of steadily a functional beast. Really, he's getting lots of clean sheets. 
Uh, and he's he's at near the top of in I think he's second in his conference. I'm second in my conference. Um, and this is now we're coming together, and we, we we're both on the hunt for the support shield, which is kind of like the merged table between eastern and western conferences. MLS is complicated, but we are loving the rules and the nonsense that go with it. Um, so yeah, Tuesday's big. It's it's Chris and I find it out, and throughout this save so far, we've been streaming every night because um, it's a network save obviously we just thought we'd open it up as a, a stream as well um, I would say we've we've been quite agreeable to one another because we'll see we don't our fixtures aren't tied up with each other's kind of thing I want him to do well I've been watching his matches he's been watching mine um, but come Tuesday obviously we both want to win so it's going to be weird weird in the call have I sent you to sleep Dan? who do you think is going to win? Edie's the favourite. That's not what he has. I've, I've not finished my sentence, Dan. Edie's the favourite think... because obviously of his side, he, he picked the easiest side in of the <laughs> two, so the pressure's on him. Um, he's have you, obviously... you've been watching his his games as well. Yeah. So have you been making notes of like weaknesses of his team? Yeah. In the lead up. To have that? I been making notes? Have I been have I been writing essays down on this? Um, what I would what I would say with Ed, he's the that he was very good before the match engine got patched. So he was firing in goals. He was solid. Something's happened in the patch that means his strikers have been a bit off. Really, now he's he's doing well because his his defence is so good. Um, he doesn't leak goals, but he also doesn't create enough. I don't think personally. Um, whereas we, I would say if if both teams face one another. And both teams play at their best. I actually think Inter Miami could do it, and that's not me saying that in a big-headed way. I just think we we're getting goals, but we're really unpredictable. We we're equally as likely to to concede free than score free, if I'm honest. <laughs> Whereas Ed is going to win one nil or two nil probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who do I think will win? I think uh, Ed's got the home advantage as well. I would say Ed will win two one. Well, but who do you who do you think, Dan? I think it's going to be a draw. Yeah, I mean, Edie drew his last games last night, both of them. And to be also, to be fair, he came back from ten. That that game I mentioned about his tactical switch, he was ten ten men with like ten ten minutes to go, and I think he pulled it back to two two. He was two 0 down. Did really well. I I just think that it's it's going to be one of those occasions where it just gets too much match for both of you, <laughs> and. Um, I just think that um, there would be a point where one of you goes ahead and um, you're, you're sort of like, you wouldn't just stru- struggle to get, like, it'd be, it'd be hard for you to get back into the game if one of you goes, goes behind you. I think it'd be quite a defensive game. Yeah. We have we have this thing on stream, actually. We, we joke around. We call it lockdown. Go into lockdown. I mean, Chris in his Northern Irish accent. Oh, go into lockdown. Glintoran. <laughs> and it, it, lockdown, basically, is we, we go disgusting. And I think I don't know why we, we we play in this save. We're not rushing things. We only play like two or three games a night. We play for like two hours, uh, three times a week, um, and because you you save every moment of the save, you do mm-hmm. go into lockdown. So in every game, if we go ahead and we got twenty minutes left and we 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 up the time wasted, we drop the lines, uh, we tell the goalkeeper to slow the pace down. It's little things like that, and it's all it's always one of those things in foot manager. You never know what you do actually has any massive impact or if, if you didn't do anything would anything happen differently you can never predict that you can never tell but we're doing yeah. these little things and 
it's just become a thing that we do. So on Tuesday, if one of us goes ahead, we'll go into lockdown, one of us, and it could it could be really defensive, as you say, and rubbish. Which one of you do you think that being the more aggressive on the pitch, not off the pitch? <laughs> um, off the pitch, it'd obviously be me. But on the pitch, it'd probably be me as well. I, I, we play a four four two. I did write about the the four four two. I've made a few tweaks since then, but we're positive now. We never were. We were always balanced before that, so we are we are positive. Um, mm. And we've got quite a lot of attacking roles as well. Perhaps more than I would have done in the past if it was an offline save. So we've got. Sometimes I'm playing two strikers that are on attacking mentality uh, and also two wingers on attacking mentalities as well. It's literally very old school, pass into space, get the wingers up to cross it in. And the two central players are kind of defensive and supportive in the middle. Um, but we are, I would say we're aggressive. We, we get a lot of yellows. <laughs> did you, did you, mean, did you mean it on a, on a yellow red card sense or did you mean it in an in attacking sense? I meant in a, like, um, who do you think is more likely to go for the uh, grab the throat of the game sort of thing? I think it would um, be Miami, but I think equally by doing that we could easily concede. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. well, I think like you said, if he's if he's got a really good defensive record, but his strikers are a bit duff lately, I think that like you can allow yourself to push on a bit if you if you're confident enough in your defence. To give yourself more opportunity to break down his def- attack, I mean his defense, sorry, with your attack. Yeah, I mean, um, he's got the best defensive record in the league. Um, yeah, I've probably got one of the worst. I've not looked, but we can't be that good. We've got Ryan Shawcross at the back and people like Breck Shea. It's it's, it's very top he's heavy. He's obviously lost games, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's drawn a lot as well. I think he's drawn. Have you looked at the formations for the teams that he lost against and considered maybe changing for that? For one day or two? Yeah, I'm going to be doing that. And um, I did actually, just for transparency, I have sent over the save to Chris for him to do that offline as well over the weekend <laughs> if he wants to. It's my save and you're not <laughs> No, I, I've tried to give him the save every every um, Thursday or Friday. I've sent it over to him yeah. just so he can look over the weekend if he wants to. Because um, yeah. I'm aware that this is a network save and I have the capacity if I want to power it up and look at things whereas he can't so I've tried to always make sure he's got that opportunity um, so I've got a question for you oh god okay have you have you played ahead on a copy of the save to see how you get on against him no I haven't done that at all do you reckon he has <sighs> as he told you he has I don't, I actually don't know I don't know he hasn't told me nothing I'm just asking whether you think he might have for a bit of like scouting I I think I have suspicions he might have done because he writes MLS guides as well, so he seems to know about all the rules and stuff. <laughs> but I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Obviously, he's doing it. No, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really like care to be honest. What matters no, is actually when like we about. when we stream it on a on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Is what happens happens in those streams happens in the, in the yeah. safe file. So if he wants to go and do that, good luck to him. If he wants to live out his yeah, fictional I mean, it's world, just, it's about just gaining those extra couple of bits, isn't it? If you if you. Well, if you played that game, you could see how that game played out. Obviously, it wouldn't necessarily be exactly the same. But, you know, it'd be like um, Bielsa going to Derby and getting in the bushes. Yeah. Spying. That does sound very much like a Chris Eady thing to do. Definitely. But, definitely. Yeah. But no, we are, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cliche. We are loving the save. It's, it's, it's really good, actually, because I don't, I'm not playing any... I thought I'd be one in side save. Um, to to pass the time between what is Thursday and Tuesday, yeah. um, 
but I'm not. So I, when I, when it gets around from the weekend to, to Tuesday night, I'm really looking forward to just having a quick call with Ed and playing the game. Um, so That's I great, yeah, I think we're going to do it for a, a second season. We're gonna we, we're probably both of us will be going to the playoffs. I personally think we'll be done in January for the first season, and then I think February, maybe slightly into March, will be the second season. And then what we intend to do is take those save files individually as offline saves, and I'll go yeah. somewhere, either a different continent or a different country. He will do the yeah. same. We'll leave America basically as that kind of memory, and we'll both we'll blog it as well, so it'll be captured as well. But it's I'm I'm so glad we've done it. It's, it's been good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. That's good. It's been quite well received as well by the public. Well, you know, we do, we're doing well. We don't we don't get many people in the streams, but then I don't. We got raided by some um, some Germans. I don't, don't mean that as a bad thing, by the way. Uh, just <laughs> raid is a term from Twitch that they can come into just into your chat, I believe. <laughs> uh, so lots of Germans appeared. We said Guten Tag. Uh, I think I said Wir gets to at the time. Like how are you? Um, which was really nice. Uh, so I think at one point we had about 400 people in and we weren't ready for that because, come on, Chris E.D., how do you, how do you, you can't polish a turd, can you? No, that's it, no. Um, but that was nice. Uh, we repaid the favour by also raiding a person. So we repaid, we, we raided someone from Sweden as a thanks. So it was kind of a nice little European alliance there. Um, but yeah, we don't get many people in the views generally, but we don't, I don't think it really matters. It would have been a call anyway. So we just opened up the call to be anybody wants to join in. And what we do is every, every nine o'clock, we have something called diaper chat, which is a 10 minute discussion on anything. And it could be a map that we found that we want to talk about. Obviously Chris is quite intelligent, isn't he? Uh, so he likes to talk about intelligent things like LCD monitors and stuff like that. Sorry. Would you say he's more intelligent than you? He's got a PhD, so technically, in an academic sense, because I've only got masters. I think he's actually academically over, like, more qualified than me. But in Northern <laughs> Ireland, I would say there's suspicions of cash for honours going on, <laughs> where you can pay to get degrees and stuff. So, <laughs> just leaving it out there. Nah, we'll leave that on there for people to interpret in their own way. Yeah. But no, it's good laugh. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, hopefully you get a lot of people turn up Tuesday and watch and see how it goes. Yeah, well, Tuesday would be big. If you want to go Tuesday and it would be a full match mode, not many, not any FM streamers do full match mode. So do come, yeah. do come along. You will see, you will see two men, one man in his thirties, one one man in his forties, playing out <laughs> a full match mode, which is quite tragic. But you know, we what what would we be doing? Like if if we weren't playing FM manager and streaming it, Chris would be on the streets in East Belfast. I'll be in an Essex Town studio. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's good. Wonderful. I think that um, about wraps it up. Yeah. Did I? Oh no. We sorry. We spoke about me, Dan. Did you want to talk about? I know you said you're two um, two seasons behind in your blog. Yeah, I need to write up two posts and get them out. So um, I didn't want to spoil anything. Claim too far ahead. Yeah. So um, read the post when they come out. Is that because it's been Christmas and you just thought instead of writing you just want to play? Yeah, and like limited time in that to actually sit down and write. I was going to do it this week, but then my oldest has been off ill, so yeah, I might do it next week. So we could get a bumper, bumper Dan Gear yeah, week where we get two blog posts in quick succession. Well, so be ready for that. Maybe I might, I might go for a Friday and a Monday. Nice. Is that because you're avoiding the um, the MLS hype that we do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? 
No, just because I think you can start your weekend and end it in the same way. Pure pleasure of reading. Amazing. <laughs> okay, Dan. Well, th- this has been a lovely podcast. Um, it has been, and uh, it's good to be back. I need to remember how uh, to do the SoundCloud and upload it, remember the password. <laughs> um, but we hope to get yeah. the podcast out soon. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, bye.